My name is John Devine, and I am the host of the Healthy Wealthy People podcast, the show that educates on the three most important pillars of becoming a strong individual, our health, our wealth, and our authentic expression of self. Before we get started, I would like to personally thank you, yes, you, for investing your time with me today. And I ask that if you do find value in today's episode, that you do us both a favor and subscribe. All right, let's jump into it, y'all. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Wealthy People podcast. In today's episode, I interview my dear friend, Lacey Monique. Lacey is the founder and operator at Canatonic, which is a medical and recreational dispensary located in Butte, Montana, where Lacey was born. A little bit of Lacey's background, she had never even smoked marijuana until she was 27, and she picked it up to start helping her sleep better at night because her husband was using it to do exactly that. She was given an opportunity not too long after in 2010 to start working at a dispensary, so she jumped on it so that she could have the opportunity to help others get the health benefits that she had gotten at a bigger scale. Within 90 days, she was offered another opportunity to run her own dispensary with Montana Buds in Butte, so she took that and started literally running a dispensary 90 days into the business. She did that for six years before they were shut down and all of a sudden needed to supply all of her clients over the last six years with marijuana, and she needed to be able to do that through a dispensary. So she founded Canatonic in 2016. In the last 12 years, she's researched and come to learn how to make cannabis medicine like salves, tinctures, every edible imaginable, cannabis oil, and bath bombs. She even does a pet-friendly CBD tincture. She says now you can find her most of the time in the Canatonic Garden, growing some of the terpiest marijuana around. So without further ado, Lacey Monique. <laughs> you guys are too much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming back for yet another episode of the Healthy Wealthy People podcast. Today we are recording episode eight, believe it or not. And I am interviewing a very special guest, one of my dear friends, Lacey Monique, who is the owner of Canatonic in Butte, Montana. And we're going to get into what Canatonic is and her whole journey, but first of all, say hello, Lacey. Hello. Welcome. This is exciting. Thank you. I'm excited. Yes. So Canatonic, guys, is a, uh, I'm just going to say dispensary now mm -hmm. because I was going to say a medical marijuana dispensary, but in January in Montana, we went recreationally legal, so mm -hmm. you've been selling marijuana recreationally for about 10 months now. Yep. How's that been going? It's it's going pretty good. Good. People are loving the option to just go pop into a shop and get whatever they need. Mm -hmm. It works out pretty good. And I'm curious as to how many people are now walking in to buy weed like they buy beer simply because it's recreationally legal. Right. Um, it depends on what 
you know, what time of the year you're in. I guess we've only had it 10 months, but, you know, we've had certain, you know, quarters, three months where we've had more recreational. And then the next three quarters, we've had more medical. So it just depends on the time, I guess. Okay. Was yeah. it summertime when there was more recreational? Um, or was it right after legalization? It was basically right after legalization. That like makes sense. The first three months were so hardcore, you know, recreational people. And then it started to kind of dissipate a little bit because they know they can get it. So they're not just, boom, coming in, you know, just they're, they know they can get it. So mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, weed is recreationally legal here in Montana, but what we're actually here to talk about today is everything previous to January Mm -hmm. Um, and still now um, throughout 2022, uh, like I still haven't used my medical card, even though it is recreational for reasons like Mm -hmm. we don't pay the 20% tax. No. So for that purpose alone. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to pay a tax at all, to be honest. No, we shouldn't. If it's medical. But yeah, you're but right. But we do, 4%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that is one reason for me to continue to have my card is not paying tax. But really, for me, it's just like it started as medicine for me and it still is medicine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people that are listening to this may even be going, holy shit, John smokes weed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, a lot, bro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, there's other people that know that I smoke weed that are like, bro, I can't, like, you don't fit the picture at all. And that's the thing that pisses me off is fit the picture. There mm-hmm. isn't a fucking picture with weed. No. I know, like, literally 80-year-old arthritic old grannies mm-hmm. that are smoking to relieve their arthritis pain I know teenagers that are smoking because they're overwhelmed emotionally. I know mm-hmm. vets that are using it both for physical and mental. I know cancer patients that, like, the picture isn't some grubby pothead stoner degenerate in his mom's basement that you were sold by your government. Right. So that's the first thing I want to break is, like, when people find out that I smoke and they know the level of business that I run. Mm-hmm. They're just like, well, how do you do both of those? Like, that's for lazy people. And I'm like, you don't understand. I have ADD like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Weed helps me focus on one task at a time. Right. Right? Like, there's multiple uses for it for me. ADD is not why I have my medical card. It's PTSD. Um, but kind of when I got started in my journey with weed, uh, As those of you who've been listening since episode one know, I had a mother who had a horrendous drug problem. Um, You know, the drug of choice was Coke, um, but there was all different stuff being utilized all the time, whatever she could really get. Um, And so I saw that growing up. And even when, like, I hung out with the partiers, and I don't know why, even as a kid, I guess it was because... um, Alcohol was legal, and Julie, other than drinking wine, didn't really mess with alcohol. So to me, that one seems safer, mm-hmm. which it's not fucking at all. Um, but as a teenager, I would party and I would drink, and my friends would smoke and be doing all kinds of other stuff, crushing up pills. And, um, and like, I would never smoke. I'd, like, just pass the bowl on. Um, <laughs> when they would crush up the pills, I would literally blow, like... <laughs> 
when I put the straw up and the mm-hmm. dust would just go everywhere. <laughs> so they'd be like, oh, yeah. And I'd be like, "There's how are they so high? They don't even know that that dust just went all over the room. Right. <laughs> but I just, I really stayed away from it. And then I joined the military, deployed, came back. And between the PTSD as a child and the PTSD as a vet, I had just moved to Colorado to start my personal training company. And it was recreationally legal there in 2013. And so I was talking to some friends because it was also medically legal there. And the VA tried to prescribe me some pill for basically keeping me calm and antidepressant, whatever. And I didn't take it. And they were like, go talk to the dispensary about smoking. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, yeah, bro. Like it has all these proven things for like mental disorders and anxiety. And, And I was like, Sure. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a real good reason to go smoke weed. Like, oh, dude, I can't pay attention at school. I need <laughs> weed. And they're like, dude, just go. So I went down there and uh, I told them my problems. And they were like, yeah, man, PTSD is one of the big things. And they pull out these charts and they're showing. And I was like, whoa, I've been to drug deals before. Again, partying in high school, you always had to go buy the weed. So I've been in that situation hundreds of times. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like this medical thing with charts and graphs and benefits and terpenes and profiles. And I was like, why do you have no idea what I think I know? And they loaded me up with all this stuff, candies and smokes. And I went home and they weren't like, hey, bro, like, just take one hit. They were like, yeah, you know, you're going to want to bite of this and, you know, don't really smoke a whole one of these, but everyone's different, so you're just going to kind of feel it out. <laughs> <laughs> just go for the gusto. Yeah, and I'm a I'm an all-gas-no-breaks kind of guy, uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was smoking and eating candy bars, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucking sweet. I'm laughing. I'm having a great time, and then I got, quote-unquote, green sick. Yeah. Ooh, not fun. Yeah, it's worse than, mm-hmm. like, alcohol sick. Yeah. I don't... What is that? What causes that? Well, I don't exactly know what causes it, but it's almost like too much that your body can handle. But there is one thing that you can take to counteract that. Okay. And it is CBD. Wish I would have known that. I know, right? (laughs) We didn't really know that until later on. But now when people come in, I tell them, you know, we tell them to start slow After a half of an hour, if you're not feeling anything, take a tiny bit more. Get to the level that you like. Mm -hmm. And if you go above that, here's some CBD to counteract that. Because the CBD and the THC counter affect each other. So if you have a THC joint with some CBD in it, you're not going to get as high Mm. if if it's just THC and no CBD. So for the listeners... If they get too high, tincture CBD. Okay. CBD tincture, yeah. And it works. If you got green sick once, like I did, mm-hmm. and you've been like, fuck this, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Bro, it's not <laughs> like that. No, you have to start small. Yeah. You cannot, and they need to be telling people that when they're selling them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And me, yeah, I ain't no bitch. I got to try anything at least twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to see. Yeah, the first time could have been a mistake. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And again, all gas, no brakes. I got green sick again. Oh. And 
my girlfriend who I lived with at the time was like, what are you, a fucking idiot? Like, what do you keep doing this for? <laughs> right. And, like, she smoked a little bit, but, like, probably how I should have been smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, I still have this giant bag of stuff that I got. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try one more time, but I'm going to just, me and my girlfriend are going to go out on the balcony. We're going to smoke a little bit. And when she's done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I don't feel nervous. I don't feel like someone's going to break down our door and like come to kill us. I don't feel like on edge and everything my girlfriend says is about a fight. I was like, we're like enjoying each other's presence right now, Mm -hmm. which normally we're in some kind of like heated thing. And then I slept like a goddamn baby that night Mm -hmm. and I didn't dream. Right. And for, you know, a lot of vets and any, any victim of any kind of trauma knows sometimes the only time you really, really see that image again is when you sleep. Mm-hmm. And I know that not dreaming or not remembering dreams is a side effect of weed, yes? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do we know why? Um, I don't know really why. I've just heard, you know, just from other people telling me my own experience, I just don't dream at all. And like I was saying earlier, we either don't dream or we're just not remembering. Mm-hmm. And if we don't remember and those are some bad nightmares, hey, I'm all for it. You know, that Same. is the way to go. That is the way to go. And but, so that was 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been back from Afghanistan for maybe eight months. Just started. Um, no, not eight, Yeah, about eight months. Just started and um, had a little bit of a rough start. But... We're now at 2022, um, so nine years later, and the longest I've probably gone without using is two to three days, mm-hmm. and it's because something is up. My medical card lapsed. I, you know, am on vacation and I ran out. Something like that, where right. I'm like, who shit, <laughs> right? Like, am I addicted? Yeah. Is it addictive? I don't think so. Me either. Because I can go, you know, I'm a heavy smoker too. But also, I've been doing it for 12 years. You know, I, once your body starts getting tolerant to it, you might seem like a heavy smoker, but your body is just getting tolerant to it. So, (laughs) (laughs) I don't personally think it is addictive. Um, the one thing that makes it addictive for me is, and this is what I explain to my daughters, and this is really the truth I think about any real addiction. I do know that there are chemical and biological um, traits that are at play with addiction. Like I do have a addictive personality, mm-hmm. um, and it. I took a um, class after I got an MIP. Uh, when I was a kid, and one of the things I learned is like, and none of these numbers are exact. I, this class went out was when I was like 18, 19. But if you have one parent that has an addictive personality, you're like 20 times more likely. If it's mm-hmm. two parents, it goes into the hundreds, like 200 times more likely. Right. If you have two parents and a grandparent, it goes into the thousands. If it's both sets of grandparents, like you basically have no choice. Mm-hmm. You're like a million times more likely to have an addictive personality Mm -hmm. so that is at play but with most addictions what I think people aren't addicted to alcohol they're addicted to the fact that when they drink alcohol they get numb and when they get numb they don't have to feel anything anymore Mm -hmm. 
for me, it's similar. I'm not addicted to weed. I'm addicted to the person that weed lets me be. I am a high, strong, very blunt, direct, no time for bullshit person Mm -hmm. when I'm not high and I'm used to operating in the fight or flight and I'm a fight guy. So I get in unnecessary conflicts all the time just based off of my nervous system still feeling like everything's a threat. Right. When I smoke, that edge goes away and a much more pleasant John comes out and I can run a more effective business and be a better father. And so I'm addicted to the person that it allows me to be, mm-hmm. not addicted to the substance. And I think that is addiction across the board. So if you think anyone is addicted to something, look at who they are with it and who they are without it. That's what they're addicted to, not right. the substance. The substance is the street that gets you there. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's a good point. Because I was going to say, I'm addicted to being happy and feeling good and sleeping good and, you know, using a salve if my muscles are aching or if my back's aching. You know, it makes you feel good. You're not always just smoking it yes. to get high. Right. You know. And sometimes you are. And sometimes you are. Like, if you're in a social setting and you guys, and you're sitting around passing a J and you're having good conversation, that's medicine in itself as well. A hundred percent. And sometimes I'm an introvert. So my job is to be extroverted all day. I'm a salesman. I run a sales team. I run a business in a community. I'm at all these events. I'm doing podcasts like this. Mm-hmm. I get small little chunks of time that are truly mine. And sometimes on a Friday night, especially if Kelly's going to like go do a networking event and I'm tapped out, I am trying to get as high as possible and mm-hmm. just literally smoke the week away Yeah, and just pull as much tension out of my body as I possibly can. Sometimes I do that and then go to the gym. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite way to work out. Yeah, I hear that from a lot of people. The connection I feel between my brain and the nervous system that actually works my muscles Mm -hmm. when I'm high and I'm not thinking about a million other things is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That probably attributes to your CB1 receptors. Yeah. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's how I got into it. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm addicted to marijuana, but mm-hmm. Lacey, you stumbled across this when you were 27. Yes. Tell us how that happened. Well, I was, I was married at the time and um, he liked to smoke at night, you know, calm himself down, chill, sleep really well. Um, so I decided to use that as my form of medication as well. Um, cause I could, I can't really take, you know, prescribed pills or anything like that. Anything issued from the government, none of that. So we went into a shop that was in Butte that one of three back then. Now there's keep in mind 25. Yes. Um, there was one of three and we went in there and the girl behind the counter was pregnant. And she looked at me and we, cause I'd go in with Tom and help him pick out his stuff and, you know, we'd do our thing. And she said, do you want a job? Keep in mind, I already had a job. I had just gone to school for five years to become a surgical tech. <laughs> Together combined, we had seven kids total. I said, of course I want a job. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to be making as much, but I just knew there was something up with it. Uh-huh. I knew that I was on the right track. I've been, do- I'd, you know, done some research and, and, and I thought, you know, 
I'm jumping on the bandwagon. And this was back in 2010. Um, Montana's been legalized since 2004, medical. Okay, so um, six years. Yep, it's had already been. the wild, wild west. Yeah, but in the beginning, it was a little bit harder to get your card because it was more for cancer, yep. cancer patients. So we've got medical cards being issued mainly for major or quote-unquote critical illnesses. So mm-hmm. I want to make note of that, like, guys, when it very first came out, right, as a mm-hmm. medical thing, mm-hmm. it wasn't for, you know, oh, I've got whatever, you know, back pain. emotional distress, anxiety, back pain. It started with cancer mm-hmm. and being able to cope with death and humanity and, like, when it comes out on the market and that's what it's treating, it should show you that when we're using it as a medication for one of the number one killers in the world mm-hmm. and coping with death, people's right. number two fear behind public speaking, and that's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's a pretty big sign that this is actually medicine. Yes, and that is that brings me back to... Um, you know, the girl behind the counter, you want a job? Yes, I do. And so I started working there. I obviously wasn't getting as many hours as I was working at the hospital. I took a pay cut. Um, we were getting, I, I don't know, like we were getting stuff from the Montana Buds, but it wasn't Monta- It was Montana Buds, but it, they didn't have dispensaries or anything like that open yet. So, um, no, I take that back. They had one in four corners. And... They, you know, the the medicine would be brought to us, marijuana would be brought to us, and we would sell it in our store, along with the owner of the store, the dispo that I worked at. And, you know, there was a few things they didn't like, and some people weren't getting what they were supposed to be getting, and so the anger hit the fan, and it was, we're getting out. Well, I worked for the guy that the, you know, the building was in. I didn't work for... uh, Montana Buds yet. Well, they came in, they took all their stuff, well, basically all their stuff, they didn't have hardly any left because it was so good and it just sold out all the time. When you say they came and got all their stuff, were they raided? No, the owner, the owners of the marijuana came in and and got all their stuff because they weren't getting the cash that they should have been getting Mm -hmm. in return. Mm. And so kind of got mad and they left. And then the one guy says to the other guy, uh, what about Lacey? I was working for the other guy at this time. And they came back and got me and asked me if I wanted to run my own dispo. And I said, heck, yeah, I do. <laughs> Let's do this. So I think by that Monday, the next Monday, we were making plans to um, open up a Montana Buds and Butte. And we opened up March 17th in 2011. So this is like a year. It was only, no, I started in, so I started um, at Mining City Medical uh-huh. um, probably in November, October, November, and only lasted with them for two, three months. Oh. And then went with Montana Buds. Yeah, okay. And so it took us about three months to get, you know, everything going for Montana Buds. and That was quick. Yeah, it was. It was real quick, and it was it was a it was a good time. And Montana so Buds days were a good time. You were now running your own dispensary and knowing nothing about weed really. Three knowing, months into yeah. the weed business. Yeah, 
Yep, but I just knew. I just had a feeling, you know, that this was something that that I knew about but didn't know about. Mm-hmm. I was willing to learn. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I first opened Montana Buds, <laughs> I, I had a lot of old school people coming in. You know, a lot of old people, older, old school meaning um, they knew what they wanted. They were smoking the ties back in the day, the tie haze or the, you know, the tie sticks, what they call them. <laughs> so I heard about all the old school Bunch stuff. Bunch of old Vietnam vets and yes, shit. Yes, yes. And that those Vietnam vets were, any vets are my, we love them. We love helping them. We love taking care of them. She um, does. Yeah, I do. I really do. Um you know, so we're we're in Montana Buds, and we go for about, uh, we probably last about five, six years, I'd say. But in the very beginning, I would have these old school ladies coming in and bringing me salve. And I'm thinking to myself, now how are you getting marijuana in <laughs> something that you rub all over your body? You know, like, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So that's when the research started. Okay. And so I, I couldn't understand how they were doing it, but as time went on, I heard about this stuff called Rick Simpson oil. And <laughs> the way I first started making it is a riot. It's not really, it's kind of scary now that I think about it. Cause I used to soak it in alcohol and then I would take, and it looked like a green dragon type stuff. So it was like green and just, it was beautiful. <laughs> so I would put it into a, uh, a saucepan and I would I would light it on fire and it would burn all the alcohol off. And then what I had left over was this tarry looking stuff that looked basically like the same resin that you get out of your pipe after you smoke it. And for those of you who don't know what that looks like, think about molasses. Yeah. A really hard tar molasses. Yeah. Yeah. And but when you spread it out, it should be golden. Okay. So when you spread it out, it should be like a little golden color with a little tint of green. Okay. Um, and so that is how I first started learning in my mind how they're extracting all this wholesome goodness and all this medicine out of a plant. Where were you doing this research? Um, in my dispensary. Like in Montana Bud's dispensary. Google, books, oh, YouTube. Um, Google mainly. Okay. And then like trial and error. Okay. And then I just, I remembered in high school, back in high school, your chemistry. Uh-huh. And so I kind of pulled that a little bit and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm extracting with alcohol, Everclear is what we use. We're extracting um, the medicine with the, al- with the Everclear and then we're evaporating it off. We're not burning it off. So then that's when I got to the point where, ooh, I need a, I need a rice cooker. And so I'd use a rice cooker and it would slowly heat it, slowly, slowly heat it until you just have like this really awesome, it didn't look so tarry to me. It was still, it's still pretty, you yep. know, dark and tarry, but this stuff was beautiful. And so that took years to come to that because of course I, you know, did the whole burning method for a while and it, it worked, but it doesn't work as well as if you let it slowly release the heat because, you know, once you're too much heat and you're burning off all your, your uh, cannabinoids and your compounds and all that kind of stuff, all the good stuff, if it gets too high of a heat. So that's why a rice cooker is really good to use. Okay. We actually have an alcohol extractor now. So we use it. Um, it's an, I call it my RSO machine. Mm-hmm. But we, we extract our alcohol and we can reuse it, 
It doesn't, you know, you can't reuse it too many times, yeah. maybe three or four. But, yeah, that's how we get our RSO now. And so now I'm understanding, you know, at this point, when I'm running, when I start to run Canatonic in 2016 is when I, I have my kitchen. I'm already to the point where I know what I'm doing because I got all those years previously at Montana Buds to allow myself to do that. Because once I had Canatonic, it was more in the business aspect. I couldn't just be behind the counter and be with all my people. I actually had to run the business. Mm. And before that's what I loved about Montana Buds is because I got to get all those stories. I got to hear, I knew people's kids, their, I knew their kids' names, their kids' dogs' names. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew about their whole family because they would come in there and we were like their therapist, mm-hmm. you know, and they'd tell us all their problems and then we'd go from there. So <clears throat> when those ladies were bringing salves in mm-hmm. and it triggered you to start researching and start making your own RSO, what was the first product that you made with the RSO? Was it salves? Um, yes. Because that's what you saw your patients were using. Yes. And, and honey. Okay. Uh-huh. And so you thought if they're going to be making it themselves or getting it elsewhere, I might as well be making it in-house. Yeah. Well, you couldn't get it anywhere else. So they were just making it themselves. They were just making it themselves because they're old school. That's that's what they did. They, that's you know, awesome. they did it at home. They did it at home. So these women already had the key. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. it was already there. But these women knew so much before I even yeah. probably was born. Yeah. You know? And okay. so I'm, I'm seeing these women like, wow. And I still see them to this day. I went to an all-girls weekend getaway and saw a couple of my old uh, Montana Buds old school ladies, you know, when nice. I was there. But And it brings back memories. But, um, yeah, they taught me a lot, whether they know it or not. They taught me. That's where I learned. And what were they using the salve for? Um, they were using it basically on, like, a sore back, um, hips, knees, Arthritis. Arthritis. You name it. They were using it for everything. Dry skin, um, everything. It was awesome. It still is awesome. It's like Vicks for potheads. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Without the eucalyptus. Actually, there is a terpene. Actually. There is a terpene, and it is derived from eucalyptus. So, And that's also in cannabis. Okay. So there's so many terpenes that we are going to do. Yeah. I'm so excited. So these old ladies are using salve. It triggers you to start making salve, honey. Um, mm-hmm. But you had mentioned that in this Montana Buds days, you're really getting to know the clients, their families, their stories, their ailments. Mm-hmm. Is there like a major story that sticks out to you about like the actual medical power, the actual medical benefits that you you saw firsthand Mm -hmm. um, that really made you go like, oh, this is a much bigger deal than I even realize. Yes. I had a patient and she was with me since Montana Buds days. She has since passed away and she was awesome. She would come in and see us and she she actually had diabetes. Okay. And so she swore the tincture helped her diabetes and she was – constantly like making sure she had it she didn't even take insulin and so that to me was a huge like I paid it I really paid attention to that because I don't I don't know the scientific reason why yeah I just know that for her to for her because everybody's different but for her the tincture brought her blood sugars down 
So she <laughs> went into the hospital and she brought it with her. They, she wouldn't let her, she would not let them give her the insulin that they wanted to give her. But she took her, she had her little tincture bottle in her purse and she took tincture after they left the room. They came back to check her blood sugar and it was down. I don't exactly know the numbers, but those, that, that's kind of like the stories where I'm, I'm thinking in my head, wow, this, this is why I do what I'm doing mm -hmm. because there's so many benefits to it. But her story sticks out because if it can replace insulin for her, mm -hmm. that's a huge, that's huge. And that the, is huge. The thing that you just said is for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people think that it's this one size fits all thing. I do know people like my wife, Kelly, mm -hmm. if she smokes, she instantly loses all of her neck muscles <laughs> and like her head just becomes this like weighted thing. So she has to be like in the evening at night by a couch where she's just going to like anchor down and crash. Uh -huh. And me, I'm going to do the laundry and clean the house and make a new business plan and write up a podcast episode. I'm going to like, it helps me focus on tasks that mm -hmm. I need to. And so for me, it replaces ADHD medication. It replaces an antidepressant. It replaces sleep medication. So for her, right. it replaced insulin, right? Mm -hmm. yep. That's fucking crazy. It is awesome. Yeah. You might take it and you're just like, ah, it doesn't replace anything for me. Cool. Yeah. Right. But mm -hmm. don't hate on it from the sidelines or tell other people it's not going to work for them. Right. Because I don't know many people that weed works for them the way it works for me. Right. It's almost opposite of what it's supposed to do, quote unquote. Right. But that's mm -hmm. how it works for me. Yeah. And everybody's different. Everybody is different. So somebody might, you know, not feel anything from this specific uh, strain mm -hmm. and it might Level. do exactly what it's supposed to do for this other person. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have to keep a journal. You got to write down what you like, what you don't like. And, and you can go from there. You know, my favorites are hybrids because it's half indica, half sativa. So you're getting all that wholesome goodness in one and it just kind of evens me out and even keel. So, I mean, everybody's different. I know my, my soul sister, she lives in Coeur d'Alene. She loves indicas. But they do, like, what they do for you. So if she smokes a sativa joint, she's out for the count. She smokes an indica, she's good to go. She's going to run a marathon. She's going to clean her kitchen. She's going to do laundry, just like you. I mean, it works the same exact way. And, he, and, and also I wanted to mention is my soul sister was very huge. She is very huge marijuana advocate. So she was another one of the reasons why I got into what I got into. Okay. So, <clears throat> and for those of you who are listening and you're starting as the conversation heads towards what we're actually here to talk about is the plant itself, the medicine within the plant. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some stuff that is said, and I will stop to let you guys know what we're talking about. So, sativa and indica uh, basically were two like of the major strains a long time ago, and by what everyone thinks and says in today's uh, pot world is an indica is going to slow you down, basically in the couch, mm -hmm. um, put you on the couch like Kelly, can't feel my neck muscles, <laughs> go to sleep, body high, relax your muscle, like let go attention. And sativa is supposed to be more of the mental, the upbeat, the I can still clean the house and da 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 da, da but. Mm -hmm. 
what does that mean today? Because I know that's what it is supposed to mean, but mm-hmm. I don't even really feel a difference between indica and sativa. It's just weed. So I look for high terpenes, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yep. But I know the majority of culture knows indica and sativa. Right. What are your thoughts on it? Um, Before, you know, I would have said, okay, if you want to sleep, let's get you some indica. If you want to stay awake and clean, let's get you some sativa. It's not like that anymore. Um, Why? Because everybody's so different. So you could give indica to you mm-hmm. and you might clean the house, clean the kitchen. We'll give you sativa and it might knock you out. You know, so everybody's so different. You can't even say, do you want indica or sativa? Because it's, that's not where it's at. And that's because of how the way, what we're going to get into, the plant mm-hmm. itself interacts with your endocannabinoid system, right? Yep, exactly. exactly. And that's what's different on everybody. And that's what's different on everybody. Yep. And so mainly what you want to look at are the terpenes. So I took a DNA test. And Found I, out. <laughs> So I found out that I could actually um, take that that sample test and um, I can do another one off of that, which will tell me what top three terpenes are good for my body. And I feel like it's right on. I believe it was caryophylline, myrcene, and apinine. Where do you take this test? So you already, you're already doing a DNA test, right? Yeah. So I, Which I did on Ancestry.com. Okay. So then they offered, because I looked it up, I was like, how do I know what my body likes without smoking everything under the sun yeah. and keeping a journal? I know I said write a journal before, but, you I'm know. a huge fan of that. Anyone who knows me and, and any of the podcast episodes I've been talking about with health or wealth or whatever, it's keep a spreadsheet, keep a tracker, keep a, yep. same thing with the weed. Exactly. Well, I wanted a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Because most people here are going to want that shortcut. Yeah. So yep. you can find out through your DNA yeah. what the best pot for you is. You can. I don't know if it all the scientific studies behind it, but it's a start. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a definite start. And so I got those back and, um, which was really cool because then you don't, then you're not, you know, wasting your money trying to figure out what you're trying to find, you know? And, and so just even keeping track because there might be a terpene in there that, you know, your body doesn't really want to accept and, um, and well, Savannah take, for example, she's, she works for me in the dispo and there are certain terpenes that she cannot even get near. Um, I believe one of them's limonene and limonene. Almost like allergic. Yep. Oh, she's definitely allergic. She used to be in the trimming. She used to trim for me. And then she decided I can't do it anymore. She'd have to wear a respirator, just all kinds of stuff. Because there's certain terpenes that affect people. Like, you know, we we don't like everything in our, in the world. Mm -hmm. So obviously we're not going to like every terpene that's out there. Um, which there are a ton of them by the way. And so she, um, does not like limonene. And her body does not like it. She sneezes. Her eyes are running. She just has to stay away from it. She's itchy. She'll roll joints. And her whole chest will be red, bright red. But there's some certain terpenes that don't affect her at all like that. So she just knows what to stay away from and what to, um, what she's allowed to have, what her body likes. Okay. Now, for anyone who, again, is feeling like they're getting lost in the words and the terms so... A terpene is any of a large group of 
volatile, unsaturated hydrocarbons found in the essential oils of plants. The way I think about it, it's plant blood. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. Like, you see the little Tricomes. MLM moms running around selling doTERRA? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those essential oils are basically a bottle of terpenes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So when we're talking about terpenes, if you're starting to feel like lost or whatever, when you smell the citrus, when you peel an orange, that's terpenes flying out of that mist into your nose. The essential oil moms and your little bottle of breathe and peppermint next to your bed at night that helps you sleep. Yeah, we're talking about smoking that shit. Yeah, that's exactly, (laughs) that is exactly what it is. Okay, Mm -hmm. so for those of you... Now that are on track with us, when we're talking about terpenes, how many different terpenes are there? Over 500. Okay. So just think about plants everywhere. They Colors, all... smells, tastes. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're all in there. Flavonoids, terpenes, it's all in there. So your friend is allergic to limonene? I believe it's limonene, yeah. So limes? Um, you know, I'm not really sure if she's allergic to the actual fruit. But I know with keef, which is the actual trichomes that come off marijuana, um, that's what she's allergic to. So it's basically getting on her skin. So she, if you have a lemon or whatever, I'm not really sure how, how mm-hmm. she is with lemons. I'm going to have to ask her that. But I don't think it's as invasive Kay. as marijuana. Yeah. Just, if that makes sense. Yeah. I was curious. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask her. And again, for those of you now who are like, keef, trichomes, what? (laughs) Keef is like this dust. I think of it as pollen Mm -hmm. that sits on the top of the bud, the uh, leaf, and it is this dust that comes off of it. Mm -hmm. Again, I think of it like pollen. And it's where like 90 plus percent of the THC is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... When you hear stoners talking about Keef, they're putting a little extra pollen on their bowl to yeah. really rip it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the real purpose now of, like, marijuana in the medical sense. I know that anyone who does smoke, especially in 2022, especially if you're in a state that is recreational and especially if you're in a big city like Denver or Seattle or Spokane like if you've walked into any dispensaries down there sometimes it's like walking into an Apple store mm-hmm. it's unreal yeah. like the packaging and the oils and the edibles and the drinks and the sodas and the flour and the joints and the blunts and then you're like where the Willy Wonka fuck is going on in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. I feel the same way when I walk into those shops. Yeah. And I know what I'm getting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are. They and, are intense. And they're like, what can I get you? They pull up with like a little <laughs> basket that they're going to fill for you. And you're like, I don't And they're like, they go on this list. We got <laughs> zingers and blingers and bangs and bops. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Right. So. But they don't ever ask you what you're there for. Definitely not on recreational. Right. Which takes away the value of of marijuana, I feel. And I, I was worried about that before we got recreational. You know, I know everybody's recreational around us and stuff. But that that's my biggest concern with recreational is you're losing the medicinal value 
And because people, recreational people are going in there also for med- medicinal value. Right. But they're not getting explained that because they're recreational. And like, if you go to buy a car, a good salesman will be like, well, what are you looking for? Do you have a family? Is it just you? Oh, it's just you. Okay. Right. You're looking for more of a sports car. You're looking for, Mm -hmm. and so there needs to be more of a digging, but now it's like literally going to the candy store and just picking out, but this candy store will get you fucked up. Yeah. I heard a good analogy. I read a good analogy the other day and it was, they basically said the way that you, so say you have like a, a treasure box and you don't know what's in it. You have no idea, but would you want to know what's in it? Me? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of how it is when you go and you purchase marijuana that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you getting out of it? Exactly. Do you even know anything about it? You, you probably don't. But if you if you got that treasure box and you knew what you were getting in there before, your diamonds, your jewels, your gems, your your sapphires, your gold, your silver, that is what it's like knowing the terpenes that are in your marijuana. I think the problem now that you're talking that I see is forever weed was fought because it was like, oh, you just want to get high. Mm-hmm. And then medical came out and it became this, I want to get you better. And now with recreational, it's almost like booze where anyone over a certain age can buy it. And so when people are going in, now they're going in with the mindset of, I want to get high. Yep. And the person behind the desk only wants to get them high. Mm -hmm. And so now we are headed towards the culture of just what we originally, they said was the problem was just a bunch of people wanting to get high Mm -hmm. when for a long time there it was, what can I do to use this to get you better? Right. Right. And getting high is a fun side effect. Yes. Right. So, but then that goes also with the effect hand in hand of the percentage because people think the higher, the better, the higher, the more you're going to get stoned, the, you know, the, the, they want that high percentage. It's like, um, proof for those of you who are listening that don't know, you've got like 80 proof alcohol, which means you have 40% and you have those party animals that want the hundred proof, the 120 proof, the whatever, right. Mm -hmm. So that they can get more alcohol per shot of, you know, getting drunk. Right. This is percentage, what she's talking about, percentage of THC, the compound that gets us high. Right. And so when she's saying people are chasing a higher percentage in the flower market, mm-hmm. high would be, I'd say, over 30%, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, 35% is the um, maximum in Montana. Okay. So basically you can go up to 35%. And Could you go over if there wasn't a thing limiting you? You know, I'm not really sure because there's these people are trying to figure that out. Right. And they're using um, spray and it's a cannabinoid booster. Steroids, basically. Basically. And it's derived from from cannabis. Uh So it's not like it's a chemical or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but it does bring up the percentage of your THC. Well, I'm not really sure. I feel, and I feel like it all tastes the same. I feel like those specific um, strains that are used, that have that uh, cannabinoid spray used on them while they're growing, there's a specific 
like a aqua kind of taste to them. And I can tell. I can I I'm pretty sure I can tell because it has like a weird distinct taste. Interesting. <clears throat> but that's how a lot of people are getting their percentages up, which is awesome. Do you do you do you? That's fine. But that's not medicinally correct. And I've found doesn't really matter. It doesn't because like the pens with ninety percent plus, mm-hmm. they don't get me as high as a joint that has twenty two percent with six percent terpenes. Yep. Well, when you have distill and you use um, like cartridges and stuff, all those terpenes are cooked out. So the plant blood's no longer in it. No, but if they and if they don't put them back in, you're gonna not get high off of that cartridge. So you have to put the terpenes back in the oil after you've extracted the distill and it'll separate it. So you've got your terpenes that come out first and then you've got your oil that comes out. Well, that that's all good and well, but if you don't put your terpenes back in, it's doing you no good. Interesting. So that comes to the entourage effect. So it just combines everything, your, your THC, your CBD, your CBG, your CBN, your CBC, right along with your flavonoids, your cannabinoids, um, terpenes. So all of it combined is what gets you high. So, I mean, you can have a high percentage of THC with a 1% terpene value, and it's you're not going to – I mean, you're, you might as well – Follow us and, and smoke, <laughs> smoke the stuff that's a little bit lower THC mm-hmm. and really good terpenes because it all works together. Yep. All of it. Just like THC and CBD, when you combine the two, they counteract each other. So, I mean, obviously there's some kind of effect going on. You know, you mix. Balance. A, yes, a balance. And you mix specific terpenes and you've got more of, you know, an ailment. Um, how do I want to say it? You've got more medicine benefits, medicinal benefits from combining terpenes and than if they w- were alone. So so the entourage effect uh, suggests positive contribution derived from the addition of terpenes to the effect of the cannabinoids. So like she's saying is it's a whole package, right? When you're trying to skirt the plant to get more THC or skirt the plant to get a treat or skirt. Yes, it all works. Yeah, it's still going to get you high. But when we're talking about medical marijuana, which is, again, the purpose of what we're talking about here, it's the entourage effect. It's the full effect. It's the entire compound being used together mm-hmm. because the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? So mm-hmm. when she's talking about THC, it has its purpose and it's going to work and then CBD has its purpose and it's going to work and the uh, terpenes and the cannabinoids and everything is going to go start interacting with the part of your body that it's supposed to help relieve. And then as a whole, we have what is referred to as whole plant medicine or smoking flower, right? As Mm -hmm. opposed to hitting a dab pen or eating an edible or, um, and I guess would tinctures be whole plant? Yes. Um, So when you put heat to like an edible or um, like the RSO, you're basically burning off most of the terpenes, but you've got, you've got some of them in there. You know, if if the lower you heat, you cook it at the better. So yes and no, they have, they have a little bit, but I don't know. It's so hard to explain, but yes, 
Um, the tincture does have a little bit of terpenes in it, but it just it just works all together just really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I so I'm same. a big fan of just raw flour. Like most of what I ingest is I literally keep joints with me and I smoke a joint when I'm feeling on edge or like, you know, I carry most of my pain and my stress in my neck shoulders. And so if that's getting ridiculous, relieve a little tension from the shoulders. Um, but I just smoke raw plant with the highest terpenes I can find in the area that I'm in. So Mm -hmm. I guess, what would you say are like the biggest things to look for in terpenes when somebody is going to buy flour? Is it just percentage? Is there certain terpenes they should be looking for as an overall? Well, there, well, since all of them are going to be different, you're going to have on your label, you're going to have the top three terpenes and what percentage they're at. So if you have a, a grower that um, doesn't know how to cure their product correctly, you're going to have in the lower, which I've done before. I mean, it's, it's in Learning Montana, process. it's a pain in the butt because it's so dry here, you know, and you don't want them to, it's just a certain level where you don't want to start burning off terpenes because at 70% or 70 degrees, your terpenes start burning off pretty quick in a dry room. So you want to keep it in that between, you know, 60, 65 uh, degree range and a really good uh, humidity. Um, If you look on the Internet, don't listen to them. They don't know anything. (laughs) I've had to learn how to do all this. So at 50 percent, you're drying everything because it's so dry in Montana. Mm -hmm. So about between 60, 65 percent, you let it cure for a while. Your terpenes should be just right. Um, it's hard to get up in the, you know, 6%, 7 8% for mm-hmm. myself anyway. I don't have anything that's that high in terpenes, but two and a half, three, 4% is basically what ours are at. Um, and so it starts in the dry room. Um, yeah. Okay. So look for a terpene profile, look for, you know, I don't like anything around one or lower. I don't even know if I've seen anything lower than one, um, mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot of one, 1. 1.2. Mm-hmm. I have um, a couple of those. Yeah. I have a couple of those. And it's probably due to it being a little bit older marijuana than anything. Gotcha. So. And yeah. me, I just, again, I feel the effects of the whole plant more when that terpene mm-hmm. profile is as high as I can get in the store that I'm in. Yep. Um, THC, again, this is basically the compound that gets you high. I don't even think it's something you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Do you? Like is THC percentage something someone should be on a medical <clears throat> level going to f- be like, I want? Well, going back to my soul sister, she doesn't have it. She doesn't usually get anything over 22%. Okay. And then she has her favorite terpene that she looks for. Right. So if they don't have that, she doesn't get anything. Okay. She'll find it. And they actually call her and let her know when the, her specific stuff comes in. Okay. You know, so she looks for anything that's less than 22% and then this specific terpene that she likes. Um, I don't know if she looks at the other two. I know she's she's on the first one, um, but they all work together. So, I mean, it's there's such a huge combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. But when you find that right strain, you know, and that you like it, get the lab work on it. You know, you, there's always one of those, um, 
what do QR you, codes. QR codes on the on the labels that you can hit that QR code and it'll take you right to the label. Well, they are on mine anyway. You, it'll take you right to the label. Yeah, they're on most mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think they have to be okay. state law. And so when you're looking at something as far as, okay, I'm, I'm going to be stepping into trying medical marijuana, trying recreational marijuana, trying recreational marijuana for a medical purpose, because you guys can't just go in and buy medical marijuana. It is a process. Mm-hmm. You have to get your medical card. Um, that takes, you know, going and going to a doc, getting a prescription. Um, and it is a special doc that writes prescriptions for uh, the use of medical marijuana. They don't have to be sp- they don't have to be specific marijuana. They can be a chiropractor. Um, as long as they can write prescriptions, they can give a marijuana script. Okay, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anyone that you're seeing in your life. If they will, that is. Exactly. But they can. And so that was my problem is when I started, I was in Colorado. And I was just buying recreationally but I got the advice from the medical side. I didn't have to go get my medical card. But then I moved back to Montana and it wasn't recreational, it was 2017. So I needed to get my medical card and they were like, oh yeah, go get your medical card for PTSD. But I needed someone to write me a prescription and my therapists at the VA can't write a prescription for medical marijuana because it's not federally legal. Right. So then I was in a pickle and I was like, but I need this to get this prescription. And he's like, yeah, man, I can't write you that prescription. Um, and I was like, okay, well, can you write a piece of paper that's signed like with your VA letterhead, all that stuff that says I am being treated for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and I'm coming to therapy for it and da, 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 da. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. So then I had to take that to one of these docs that writes scripts for medical marijuana but he needed something that said I had and was being treated for PTSD so that he could write me a script for PTSD and have the documentation for it. But once I had the piece of paper and was able to give it to him, mm-hmm. he literally read, it was like four sentences. He's like, oh, what's the PTSD for? You a vet? Yep. Oh, where'd you serve? Here. Oh, no shit. I'm a Navy vet. Here's when I served. Oh, no shit, man. Yeah, it really works wonders for vets. I'm telling you. And so, uh, yeah, then at that time you had to pick a dispensary to be tethered to. Yep. And so um, I picked Tamarack uh, Dispensary. And I'll be honest, with it being my first, like, medical place in Kalispell in 2017, there weren't nearly as many dispensaries as there are today. Um, But quite a few of them were, like, literally being run out of, like, a shed or a garage or a... Mm -hmm. And I walked into Tamarack and it was this house at the time um and then they moved to a bigger location but it was a house it was kind of like this warm welcoming and i was like okay there was a bunch of like women in the back making edibles in the kitchen of this house Uh and i was like this is kind of cool all right (laughs) and so i picked them to tether to um and that was like my literal like pharmacy and that's the only place i could buy weed yep and so then yeah you're basically if you're out of town, if you're, you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was a weird time, yeah, but it was. you can get your medical card for how many different reasons today? Oh man. 
so many different reasons. Sleeping, um, weight gain, so um, appetite, um, anxiety. muscle relief, anxiety. But I mean, there are this, there are the few people that are going to get a little bit of anxiety, paranoia from it. Um, you just have to find a different strain. Okay. Yeah. So you got to smoke it up. <laughs> and in most states, if you Google, like, what can I get a uh, medical card for? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a friend ask me two years ago, and I just Googled it, and a whole list of, like, the legit symptoms and um, things that you can get a prescription for. Mm-hmm. So just Google that. Yeah. If there's some overlay there, like, it's a literal you medical name card. It, you name it. And you can get it for it. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know much that you couldn't get it for. Because, I mean, it, they just don't know who's to say it doesn't work for it. And so if you want to get it just to have it to be like, this is my medicine. If mm-hmm. you want to get it because you're in a state that has recreational and you get to save 20% tax for yeah. whatever, $150 a year prescription. Mm-hmm. If you only live in a medical state, not a recreational state, and you're buying weed illegally, or maybe you're not buying weed because it's illegal, like any reason you want, you can go online and just look up like, where do I get my medical card? What doctor can I go to? The best way I usually found is go to a dispensary and all the dispensaries know where to send you. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, here's my guy, call him. He'll get you set up. Um, But it's, it's easy now. I think that email address is wiserwellness.com where you can call and you can make an appointment and they will actually call you back and do an over the phone consult. Okay. And they'll actually do your paperwork, send it in the state. You only have to pay and that's it. Wiserwellness.com? Yep. Okay. And that's nationwide? You know, I'm going to have to look. That might just be in Montana? It might just be in Montana. I'm going to have to look and see. Because I know he wants, to, the guy that runs it wants to do it all over, but I'm not sure if he quite has yet. We'll check it out and I'll leave it in the show notes. Um, so yeah, guys, basically to kind of bring us back full circle, like weed, in my opinion, is like anything else. It's for everyone or it's not for whoever, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I can't really say this is for you. This is not for you because you have to go try it. Right. Mm -hmm. I know people that are alcoholics that if they have one drink, they'll have a hundred drinks and then they'll be doing Coke in the back alley and they'll be waking up in jail the next day. Like alcohol is probably not for them. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here with a bunch of whiskey next to me in my (laughs) podcast room, sitting on a shelf, like, I enjoy a good glass of whiskey every once in a while. Is it healthy? I don't know, but it's for me. I know that. Moderation. Right. Yeah. I think it's for everyone. I think you need to try it, figure it out, maybe get a DNA test, figure out what terpenes work best for you. Um, Really, if you're talking about medicine, it's going for that whole plant entourage effect, Mm -hmm. Um, not trying to get too caught up and carried away and THC and how high I can get and whatever. Um, If you're in a state that it's illegal, sorry, bro. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I know at this point we should be federal. Maybe we will be soon, but 
all I can say yeah. to you is sorry. Yeah. Take a vacation to a state where it's legal. Yeah, come see us. Come see, <laughs> come see Canada. I'm not, not going to give you any kind of other advice <laughs> if you're in an illegal state. Um, if you're in a medically uh, legal state and it does interest you, the one thing I can say to you guys is you would be surprised who smokes weed. Yep. Right. I was at a business event here in Kalispell where one of the other dispensaries here in town um, was giving a talk um, to a bunch of new business owners. And I was surprised that they had one of the dispensaries into talk. But she was basically just like, <laughs> we have people come in and they're worried. They're like, well, I don't I don't want to be seen. Da, 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 da. And they're like, hey, heads up. Anyone who sees you in here is also in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're also high too. Right. <laughs> they're here to buy weed. That's why you guys saw each other. So you'll probably become closer friends instead yeah. of them running around and telling everyone. And then she was like, you would be surprised who of you in this audience I know smoke weed because I've seen you in my dispensary. She she was like, you'd be uh, surprised to hear about what politicians in town, what nurses, teachers, da 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 da, da. Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to disclose any of who they are, but right. pretty much everyone yeah. smokes weed. Yep. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and if you don't, you're either really, really scared of it, or you're buying into the stigma, or, you know, maybe you saw somebody go through drugs like I did, and their thing was weed, and they That's were one of those it. people that, mm -hmm. you know, didn't get a lot done when they were high. Right. Right? And Ooh, so I can't eat edibles at night. <laughs> I don't get up. I get up at 4.20 every morning to go work in the grove. Yeah, you do. And I do not eat edibles anymore at night. Because you can't get up. Because I can't get up. But my tolerance, I don't know if I, I can talk about this. I microdosed uh, psilocybin for like six weeks yeah, and just like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 grams a mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. Sorry, mom, but it's true. <laughs> Because um, <laughs> I know she's going to want to listen to this. But I did that for six weeks, and it's so it, – it, there's something about psilocybin that is just as amazing as cannabis. I, it, I like it more than cannabis. Like, it's yeah. my favorite compound that I've ever interacted with. No worries. Like, everything is just even keel. You feel great. There's no worries. And it's just a little tiny bit, and I'd make it into um, chocolate. But it has to be – 90 or 80 percent and above because there's something in that dark chocolate percentage that helps the psilocybin um but anyway i i microdosed for six weeks and it brought my thc tolerance from up here which is above my head <laughs> to down here which is right by my waist and it, it was so weird because i'm an edible person mm -hmm. i would eat edibles every single night and not just a little bit i'm not one to take just a bite you know i'm I'm eating the whole thing. It tastes good, feels good. You know, I'm, I, I wait an hour. I'm in bed, you know, and I can just fall asleep so perfectly and just sleep through the night. I could not. I got so paranoid after microdosing mushrooms and then eating edibles that it was. <laughs> I remember calling my buddy and just being like, I'm freaking out right now. I'm freaking out because it was just, I don't know if that had something. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the scientific reason why, but I know after I microdosed, there's no way I could eat. I mean, of course, I had to build up my tolerance since then, but I could not do what I was doing before. It was something, something was going on. It was interesting. Even Very with interesting. Even with smoking a joint. I mean, it took my whole THC tolerance way down. Interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I might. I think I want to try it one more time. Yeah, you yeah. should. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's there's a way to get your hands on it, right? And there shouldn't be any shame in it. That stigma is a bunch of BS. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are way worse things that people do every day that are legal, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if you're in a state where it's just medically uh, legal and it is something you're interested in, again, you'd be surprised who has a medical card in right. your state. Like and the only reason that it's the only reason it's like that is because of reefer madness back in the day. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so the government just gave it made it look bad. Yeah. Cuz they needed to. They needed to. Yeah. Yep. And it's not again like No. Those of you who have families, um I'll kind of start to trail this off with uh this one story. So, I've got two stepdaughters, um Eden and Maya and I was very open with them about weed when I got into the picture because I use it. I have my medical card. There's a purpose behind using it. um, And I didn't want them growing up in this stigmatic idea of like, that's bad. Those people are wrong. And so they went into dispensaries with me. um, Ones where you could bring your kids. Not everyone allows that. Um, You know, I showed them the plant. I talked to them about the plant. I bought CBD gummies because my daughter wanted to try it. And I was like, no, 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 no. But there's this other part of the plant. Yeah. Um, And so my youngest daughter tried it. But about a year and a half into our relationship, Kelly looked at the girls and asked if they could tell a difference when John used his medicine and when he didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And still very reactive at this time in my life. And my youngest daughter said, yes, he plays with me more. And my oldest daughter says he smiles and tells more jokes. Um, (laughs) And so, like, for my children, who at the time were, like, six and eight, that that's what they pull out of that medicine is that I'm a more playful, attentive, smiling father. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's not, like, it's not what you guys think it is. No. Right. And if you are using it and you're not letting other people know about the benefits because you're afraid of the stigma it's going to put on you, Mm -hmm. I'd be more worried about the fact that they don't know that this thing is actually helping one of their friends. And so it might be okay for them to try. Yeah. Right. Which is part of the reason we're sitting here on this podcast is just to let you guys know, like, it's okay. Yeah, it is okay. It's more than okay. It's, it's you know, beneficial. It's medicinal. It's why healthy. Why wouldn't you? In today's world, <laughs> like <laughs> before when you had to like sneak behind somebody's back and go to some dark alley and go into somebody's garage to buy something that made you play with your kids, like we don't live in that era anymore. No. They fought the fight on behalf of all of us, and you guys have almost won. Yeah. We're very close. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Prohibition, man. It was it was actually interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You made history. Yes, indeed you did. Yeah. Yeah. Part the, of literally history, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. We literally so I I actually got broke into one time and some edibles were stolen. And this was probably I would say two thousand thirteen maybe. 
And back then, there it, it was still had the stigma on it. You know, I would hurry up and get into my dispo so nobody would see me. And just, it still had that stigma. I was still um, confident about it. But there were some people that I didn't want to disappoint. You know what I'm saying? And it Parents. was more up, yes, exactly. Or people in, you know, Butte that I didn't, I knew what I was doing was right. But it was also that stigma there. And so the community with, didn't know it was right. Yeah, the community had had no idea until now. I mean, Canatonic just won uh, the best herbal medicine store in Butte, Montana. Boom, shaka so, yeah. Congrats, girl. Finally, yes. 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 That's so that amazing. was exciting. It, it, you know, not every dispensary is an herbal medicine store. Right. And that's how I look at it is we are all about medicine in Canatonic. That's it. I mean, you come on in recreational, but you're going to get the medicinal lowdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys are in Butte or you are, are driving through Butte, um, you're going to want to stop into Canatonic. Where do they mm-hmm. stop? Where are you located? We are located at 1635 Harrison Avenue, and you got to use the alley entrance because the state only allows one entrance. Mm-hmm. So we chose the alley. Okay, so there you go. So you needed to know that. Yep. So go see Lacey and her team at Canatonic in Butte. I will link her info, her website, her social media in the show notes. I will also link um, those websites to just go and check out um, if you can get your card. Again, we'll find out if that other one is just in Montana or if it's nationwide. Um, But for the most part, you can just visit the Department of Health and Human Services um, and contact them and they'll be able to tell you if it's medically legal, where to go, all that. What to do. So I also want to mention that um, Canatonic is a seed-to-sale business. So we grow it. We make all of our edibles in-house. So you're not doing any of the wholesaling? We don't wholesale, none of that. Mm -mm. I don't even wholesale out because, I mean, I just want to keep all of it. It's, you know, quality over quantity, man. Yeah. Farm to table. That's one of the reasons why we won the award. So, Good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's new with recreational for those of you who are like, what do you mean? We can now wholesale between dispensaries up here, mm-hmm. um, which for a lot of people solves problems. Shit, I ran out of edibles. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just ran out of flour. Oh, and our grow's not done yet. Right. Um, but what Lacey's saying is it's all her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, seed to sale. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming, girl. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Yes, it was. I hope you guys took something out of it. I hope that uh, maybe we helped change your perspective. And if anyone here decides to start looking into it, again, for medical purposes, if you want to use it recreationally, that's fine. Um, but if one person decides it's worth going out and getting their medical card and they start getting healthier, living a happier life, this episode was totally worth it for me. So thank you for coming today. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We have reached the inevitable end of today's episode. But before we go our separate ways, I just want to take a quick minute to say fucking thank you. Thank you for investing your listening time with me when there are literally millions of other artists whose content you could be consuming. Your support and feedback mean more to me than you will ever realize, which is why I'm going to ask you for one favor before we wrap this thing up. Please, if you have found any value in the show at all, there are three things you can do to help us grow. One, follow and or subscribe so you never miss another episode Two, rate the show so other listeners can see just how goddamn good our content is and three 
Take a screenshot of this episode, share it with your followers and tag me at John Divine Inc. so that they have the same opportunities and access to information that you do. Now, get out there and enjoy the pursuit of the healthiest, wealthiest, most authentic version of yourself. And I'll see you right back here in two weeks for another episode of the Healthy Wealthy People podcast. Peace.